This podcast is produced by Audiofy. Welcome to Can I Get an Amen with Bishop Herson Gonzalez, the pastor of Vida Church in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at canigetanamen at gmail.com. Hello, my good friends. Welcome to another episode of Can I Get an Amen? Amen. Today's episode is all about healing and healing in the name of Jesus. I know you've been waiting. I know you're waiting on, you're waiting on. It is all that you've been praying for. I know you're waiting on, you're waiting on. It is all that you've been praying for. There is power in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Cause you waited on, you waited on. It's time to see. If you know somebody who's sick, they need to hear this positive word. I need you to share it with them. Let them know that there is hope in the name of Jesus Christ. Because some folks are sitting all by themselves without any hope. Right outside the doorstep, nothing's quite as it seems. You were standing in the street, alone with all your broken dreams. Seems to me that you don't bother, the only one who's like no other. No one sees the wounds you're licking, feeling sorry now the cross is calling. I know you're waiting on, you're waiting on. It is all that you've been praying for. I know you're waiting on, you're waiting on. It is all that you've been praying for. There is power in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Cause you waited on, you waited on. It's time to see. You can learn a lot from a name, and that's especially true with God. Throughout the Bible, God presents himself with different names. Each name reveals something important about God, and one of the names that God chooses to use is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Can you say miracle? Healing is what God does, and we need him now more than ever. Only God can heal the growing addiction rate, the mother grieving the loss of a child, the nations torn apart by divisive politics, a teenager who's been bullied, a broken heart, a person betrayed by a trusted friend, the man who just discovered romantic texts from another person on his wife's phone, a family facing a terminal illness, a dream that's been lost, a bride left at the altar by the groom, an abused child, the family that suddenly lost their patriarch, the elderly who have been forgotten. We need God. We need Jehovah Rapha. We need healing in the name of Jesus, and we need it now more than ever.
God is the one who heals. He came to the earth and through Jesus healed over 70 times throughout the gospel. Jesus repeatedly said this phrase, be made whole. Wholeness is God's desire for us, and he gives it to us. Join me now at the altar of Vida Church as I preach this message, Healing in the Name of Jesus. Healing in the name of Jesus. Mark chapter 16, verses 17 through 18. In there it says, In my name they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I want you to notice today that it doesn't say that they might recover. It says that they will recover. No matter how minor or how severe the sickness or the disease, let me tell you, it does not belong in the body of a believer. Now, I'm not one of those super faith people that says that if you have sickness, you're in sin. I know what I say is that that we are sick because of sin. Sickness entered the world through sickness, through sin. I'm sorry. Amen. And we've got to understand that we may not be in sin and sin is not the reason. My sin is not the reason why I am sick, but sin is the reason why sickness is around. But when I go back to the name of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Jesus, you are healed in Jesus' name. It's not something that you're looking for. It's something that we already have. Every sickness, every disease has a name. Every known sickness has a name. And as long as it has a name, that name is under the name, the matchless name of Jesus. In his book, Ever-Increasing Faith, one of my favorite uh, uh, evangelists, Smith, Wigglesworth, and I just love the name Wigglesworth. He tells a story about a man who had been bedridden and he was desperate to be healed. And so he sent for a group of, of people from his church, men that he knew were full of faith, and he asked them that, that they would come and pray the prayer of faith over him. And after they prayed the prayer of faith, nothing immediately happened. And so they all left a little bit discouraged. You know, we all pray and believe that something's going to happen. And when we don't see it happen, sometimes we get a little bit discouraged. And so while they're outside of the house of where the man was, one of them said, you know, there's one thing we didn't do. And they all went back into the house and they began to worship the name of Jesus. First, it started with a whisper. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then as they said the name of Jesus, the power of God started to fill the room. And they began to feel the glory falling down. And, and, the, and from a whisper, it became a shout. And they started to shout the name of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. They shouted the powerful and matchless name of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. They had their eyes closed as they shouted, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. They laid out their hands toward the sick and they cried out, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And when they opened their eyes, the man that was in bed was already dressed. Already got up and got dressed. They had started to cry out the name of Jesus. So what changed? When they started praying, the focus was the sickness. When they started praying, it was all about our friend who is sick. 
And sometimes we pray in faith, but the focus is the sickness. And it took them changing, shifting the focus from the sickness to Jesus. Amen. And that's why so many times we'll pray with faith, but the focus is on the cancer. The focus is on the diabetes. The, the focus is on, on the sickness. And if the focus is on the sickness and not on Jesus, nothing happens. If we approach God with this burden of sickness rather than the, the, the joy of hope, then we're not using the name of Jesus properly. When you use the name of Jesus, Satan has to back off. Let me say that again. When you start to use the name of Jesus, not because you're sick, not because you want something, but you find yourself glorifying the name of Jesus in your life. Satan has to back off. Sickness has to lose its grip on you. Depression has to dissipate. Whatever is going on in your life, if you start to focus on Jesus, the only thing he can do is try to deceive you, the enemy, try to deceive you into thinking that it's just words. That you're not doing anything when you pray. The only thing that he can do is get you to believe that God doesn't care. He might have power to, to heal you, but he doesn't care about you. That everybody else might get healed, but you'll never get healed. And that, and that thought starts to, to float in our mind. Let me tell you something. Divine healing is the right of every believer. It's ours in Jesus' name. The Bible tells us to give the devil no place. To give him no place. Instead, learn to be bold. This is how I fight my battles. The name of Jesus. When we use the name of Jesus to lay hands on the sick, when we use the name of Jesus to minister to them, we're actually ministering the love of Jesus to them. It's the love of Jesus. It is the love of Jesus. Healing is the love of Jesus. Over and over in scripture, you'll find that Jesus had compassion on them and he healed them. What was the driving force? He felt for them. He loved them. And because he loved them, he healed them. Healing is the calling card of God. That's how God demonstrates his love over and over Jesus would go into every city and every village and first he would teach then he would heal he would teach and then he would heal he would teach and then in every place he gave them a chance to believe and then when they believed he healed them that's why today after we preach God's going to heal you all you have to do is believe all you have to do is call on the name of Jesus. And I know that you've done this before. And I know that the sickness hasn't moved. But I declare that the name of Jesus is more powerful than your sickness is stubborn. Healing is God's calling card. This is, this is how you know he visited you. You're healed. It is the easiest thing in the world to get people to get saved once they've been healed. Amen. We ought to start to believe. And Jesus did this all the time. He would go into people that didn't necessarily believe. And he'd heal them. And when he healed them, they believed. Because when the hand of God comes upon your life, it's not just your body he's interested. He's interested in your soul. He ain't going to heal you and leave you with the burden of sin. No, no, no. He's going to take care of your biggest problem, the problem of sin. And then he's going to take care of that thing that you have in your body. 
Bible says that Jesus was walking through Jericho. And he was walking on his way to Jerusalem. He was on his way to fulfill his destiny. He was on his way to complete his mission. He was going to, to be crucified and then resurrect. He, he, he was on a mission. He was walking and there was a crowd of people walking with him. And he was on track. He was on purpose and he was moving with diligence and all of a sudden as he's walking through the city and out of the city of Jericho he hears a man crying out Jesus son of David have mercy on me now I want you to remember Jesus is on his way he is on his way to save us and he hears the voice of one hmm when he heard, the blind man, Mark chapter 10, 47, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth that was coming through the town, he began to cry out in a loud voice, Jesus, son of David. I want you to know that there's power in the name. There's power in the name of Jesus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And people told him, shut up. Told him, so nobody wants to hear you. You're a, you're, you're, you're a blind Man, you're, you're a beggar. Nobody, you have no place in society. You have no place to cry out. Shut your mouth. And the more they told him to shut his mouth, the louder he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And some of us, through our situations and through our own behavior, sometimes we're told you have no right to cry out. You have no right to cry out the name of Jesus. Look at the way you live and look at the things that you've done and look at the, your place in life. But, in, but I wonder if somebody can get so desperate for healing, so desperate for something more, that no matter what their station in life is, they begin to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me Shh, be quiet Jesus have mercy on me so I want you to shut up Jesus son of David have mercy on me I'm going to beat you shut up Jesus son of David have mercy on me and in verse 48 he cries out have mercy on me son of David Jesus now he knew that this was his only opportunity he knew that it was his only opportunity to receive sight he heard about the God of Israel who delivers people from oppression. And he knew no doubt about Jesus and his miracles that he was doing all over the place. And, and, and this blind man somehow knew that Jesus was the son of David. That, that, wasn't just, that wasn't just a message to say, I know you're Jewish. No, son of David implies that you are the Messiah. He said, I know who you are, Jesus. You're the son of God. You're the son of David. You're the Messiah. The Bible says that when Jesus heard the cry of this man, when he heard the cry of this man, I want you to remember, Jesus is on his way to the mission. And when he heard the man cry, the Bible says that he stood still. What could stop Jesus? What in the world could possibly stop Jesus, who was on a mission to die for all of us? The cry of one of us. This is why I know that he did it for each and every one of us. He didn't do it for the collective. Jesus did it with each and every one of us in mind. Jesus could have said, all right, after I die, he'll have the Holy Spirit. And one of the apostles will come down and pray for him. He could have said that. That probably would have happened. But Jesus said, here I am on my way to save them all. But one of them is already acknowledging who I really am. I can't just keep 
walking. I can't walk by this person that's crying out, Jesus. He's calling God. I got to stop. Bible says he stopped in his track. He stood still in verse 49. One man in need made Jesus stop. One voice crying out made Jesus stop. He was on his most important journey and he stops for just one of us. You might feel invisible today. Maybe we didn't give you the mic to sing your song today. Amen. But, but I'm telling you, you're not invisible to Christ. He can hear your cry in the midst of all of our voices. There was a great multitude, the Bible says. It was hard to hear that guy crying out. Somehow his voice broke through the, the crowd and the noise of the crowd and got to Jesus. So great is the love of God through Jesus Christ that he stops. And today, I believe he's stopping for you. He's stopping for you. He, he's come to speak to you through the Holy Spirit because he heard your cry. Somebody has been crying out. Somebody's been reaching out to him. Somebody is realizing my only hope is faith in Jesus Christ. And I was sent here today as the voice of the Holy Spirit of God to tell you he's stopping for you today. Mm-hmm. He desires to meet your needs. Jesus stood still. And I like what he did. He sent somebody over to get him. He sent one of those people that was telling him to shut up to go get him. And, 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 he, went out, and he went out and said, I, I want you to take cheer. I want you, you should be happy. He's calling you. Listen to the message. Be of good cheer. Jesus is calling you. But I'm still blind. Yeah, but Jesus is calling you. I'm still in my situation and in my darkness. That's all right. He's calling you. Mm -hmm. He's going to call you sometime before you even feel a difference in your life. He's answering you. Jesus. And now he's saying, hey you. I hear you. You got my attention. I don't know who it is that's been crying so hard. That they're, if they're those hot Tears are, are, are running down your cheeks at night and, and you're just crying out to God. I'm, I, listen, you know I don't preach like this all the time, but I feel the Spirit of God. I was sent here to tell you that He heard you. He heard your cry. Hallelujah. In the same way, somebody was sent to that blind man. I've been sent to you today to tell you, be of good cheer. He's calling you. But the blind man couldn't make it to Jesus through the crowd. He was still blind. So the one that called him had to guide him all the way to Jesus. Today, I'm your guide to Jesus. Today, follow my voice to Jesus. I want you to find your healing. I want you to discover that this is more than a fairy tale. It's more than a myth. Jesus is real and his power to heal you is authentic and it's real. And I want you to discover it for yourself. Man, be of good cheer. He's heard your cry. The Bible says that the man stood up quickly. The Bible says that he threw away all of his stuff. He said, I don't need this no more. Still blind, I don't need this cane no more. He's still blind, I don't need the beggar clothes anymore. Still blind, the Bible says, he threw off 
all of his garments and all the stuff that he had. In those days, you had to have the right garment to legally beg. You couldn't just beg. You had to have a garment that identified you as a, as a beggar. He took that and he threw it away. Wasn't even healed yet, but Jesus was calling him. <laughs> he wasn't even healed yet, but he gave up his old life. The moment he heard Jesus call him, he wasn't even transformed yet, but he already said, I hear him calling me. I'm ready for change. I'm ready to take off all this old clothes and put on the garment of praise. Then uh. he gets to Jesus and I love, I love, I love Jesus, man. He says, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? I wonder if, if Jesus himself were standing in front of you this morning. Do you have an answer to that question? Do you have an authentic, a real answer to that question? What do you want me to do for you? Hmm. This is the same question Christ is asking you today. What do you want me to do for you? Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be open to you. Amen, somebody. Bible also says you have not because you ask not. Bible also says that God is a good father who wants to give you good things to all those who ask of him. Amen. The blind man responds, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Hmm. That I may receive my sight. Jesus looks at him and says, boy, you already have sight. You already identified me as the son of David. You see more than most of these people with regular eyes. You're already seeing me for who I am. But because of your faith, Jesus says to him, your faith has made you well. Then Jesus says, Go on your way. Do what you got to do. And the Bible says, he immediately. Somebody say immediately. He immediately received his sight and he was healed. Jesus told him, go on your way. But the Bible says, I think this is really interesting, that when he, when Jesus told him, go on your way, the Bible says that when he received his healing, guess what he did? He followed Jesus. That's what he did. Jesus told him, you're healed. Go live your life, son. And, and, and I want you to understand this, man. This guy was blind, probably from birth. And he's sitting there and he's never even seen a thing. And the first thing he sees is the face of Jesus. The compassion of Jesus. He looks upon the face of Jesus. And he, the first image he ever sees is compassion is love he sees the beauty of God in the face of Jesus and, and, and he could have gone he could have gone to his family maybe he had family that he'd never seen in his life maybe there were things he'd always wanted to do maybe, maybe he'd always wanted to see uh, uh, the mountains or the ocean or maybe he wanted to use his eyes for something but, but it was so impacting what Jesus did for him he said I know I can go do whatever I want but what I want to do is follow you that's what I want to do with the rest I want to follow you hmm 
Isaiah 33, 17. Same way. God wants you to experience his love and his mercy today. In Hosea 6.1, it talks about that he wants to heal us. God wants to heal us. This man made a decision to follow Jesus because when he opened his eyes, he saw Jesus, if you want to be healed, you need to accept the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit today. It's not enough to want it. Some people confuse wanting with faith. It's not enough to want to be healed. You've got to believe that Christ can and wants to heal you. God doesn't respond to need. He doesn't. He responds to covenant. That's what God responds to. People that are willing to follow him. Jesus knew this about this young man. He said, go ahead and do whatever you want. But he knew that that boy was going to follow him. Man, somebody. If you want to be healed, you have to accept the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life. Don't just come to him and say, Lord, I really need to be healed Lord, if you don't heal me, I'm going to die. That's all about you. That's all about you. And, and I, I'm sorry, it, does, it, sounds, it sounds rough, but, but really, without you entering into covenant with, covenant with God, there's nothing he's going to do for you. It's through faith that we move God. Remember, Jesus said to the man, your faith, not your need. It was his faith, not his desperation. It was his faith, not his cry. Otherwise, Jesus said, it was your voice that I heard in the crowd that saved you. No, it was, it was how desperate you sounded. No, it was his faith that gave him healing. Amen. So put your need aside and declare, Lord, I want your glory to be made uh, uh, evidence in my life. I want you to take the glory for my healing. Do it for your glory. Do it for the kingdom of God. Let me be a walking poster child for the healing of God. Change your mindset from your need to his glory. And I believe you're going to be healed. Matthew 26, 28 guarantees that, that not only are we forgiven for our sins through his sacrifice, but we are healed in our bodies. I'm just telling you what the Bible says, y'all. Isaiah 53, 5 says, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. We are healed. Man, the name of Jesus represents forgiveness of your sins, but it represents healing in your body. I'd like to pray with somebody today. I know it's not something that I usually do on the podcast, but how can we not pray today? Somebody's focus has shifted from the disease, from the illness, to the name of Jesus Christ that is above all other names. So we pray, Lord, I know that it's your wish above all things that we would prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. I pray, dear God, that prosperity and good health would be a reality to every listener. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Can I Get an Amen with Bishop Herson Gonzalez. If you enjoyed our program, please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. Until next time. 